Hey guys, hopefully you can um, hear me, I hope, and uh, let me check something before I do anything, hold on, hopefully you guys can hear me, notice that uh, the YT's been having some problems, I wonder if they just keep updating on maintenance while we're on here. Hope you guys can hear me. Okay, you can. So make sure I'll be right back, guys. Gonna check something. Just um, making sure uh, the mic is, uh, yeah, it's ready. Um, anyway, though, yeah, welcome to the Topics on My Mind, the post-Labor Day version of Topics on My Mind. I thought I almost had some trouble here because, <laughs> you know, like I said, it seems uh, YouTube, and I do apologize for any lag in a moment. I'm going to try to link this up. But apparently, uh, YouTube... I, I guess, along with other video sites, has been um, kind of doing maintenance or updates while we've been working. I don't know if maybe they haven't decided, hey, we're going to shut down for a day or we're going to not, you can't, you know, usually, what I'm trying to say is usually YouTube and sites like them would be like, hey, we know we got to do this and everything, so it's not going to be usable. Some features won't be usable. Just so they can say, hey, we're doing um, some maintenance and some upgrades and whatever. But I guess they've worked it out to where it's like, well, if we can do this, it just might delay people or something. I don't, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't really know, you know, what the case may be uh, in that matter, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, we got several uh, topics to talk about today, guys. Several of them right here, as you can probably hopefully see. But yeah, several topics uh, to talk about. And I do apologize if there's any interruption, like with the phone ringing. Uh, my mom went back to work today. Oh, she's been back at work for at least the past two weeks, since the 23rd of August. Uh, but they haven't had no kid, kids um, at that time. Instead, what's been going on is they've been training. They've been teleconferencing, video conferencing with, with uh, other teachers, staff, you know, administrators. Uh, they've been, like I said, teleconferencing, phone, you know, phone calling and all that, you know, doing uh, usually doing usually what they would do every other year. And that's or every other year prior or every year prior, except for last year. Well, somewhat last year, but, you know, that was before the whole COVID situation. Uh, but basically, she, um, you know, not, not she, but she and her, what I'm trying to say is, she and her teachers would normally go to the homes of the students that are coming back or are going to be coming in for the first time. And um, mainly, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, mainly the fact is they would, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think about trying to think what I was going to say. Uh, they would mainly, uh, go to the homes, like I said, of the kids, meet with them that are coming back, meet with them that are going to be coming in for the first time. But because of COVID, you know, they, they couldn't do that this year. So they had to do different things, you know, to get around that. Like they had to, um, you know, call up, um, you know, the parents. And if the parents came by, they would try to meet with them then and there to, to kind of get to know them, see what's going on, stuff like that. And I do apologize. I was trying to think about what I was going to say, but I was also thinking about uh, the beginning of like the early portion of Toy Story 4 or uh, uh, tip. I was, let me, let me get some Pepsi here, guys. Hold on. But I was thinking of the early portion of uh, Toy Story 4 that Freeform was showing yesterday. They were showing a, obviously a Toy Story marathon or Pixar. They were doing a Labor Day marathon of a lot of Disney stuff and Pixar stuff. And, you know, we saw a little bit of Toy Story 4 um, after they showed Toy Story 3. And basically, long story short, you know, um, the last part I, I remember watching just before me and my mom got ready to leave, because uh, we were at my sister's yesterday, was when Forky came to life. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, you just see the reaction of Woody, like, you know, he's, you know, he's talking to the Forky thing and how, how, you know, he's like, how silly, you know, me talking to a fork. And then all of a sudden you see the eye move. And then almost out of the corner of his eyes, he notices it. And he's like, what did I just see? <laughs> and then boom, you know, he comes right to life. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah. So, yeah, they, uh, so, yeah, we saw, that's what I was kind of thinking about. I don't know why it just came to my mind, but I was just kind of thinking about that in my finger hit the mic there. I do apologize. Um, but anyway, uh, besides that, uh, besides that, um, I was, I was I, again, I don't know why that came to my mind. I think because I was thinking about my mom going back to school and having the kids back today. I guess that just integrated itself into, you know, you know how that happens sometimes. Uh, but anyway, like I said, my, my mom, uh, to usually her and her fellow teachers, uh, they would, you know, go, you know, go back to work and, you know, they would, you know, they would have, oh, my thing hit the, <laughs> Hit my, uh, hit my uh, slider here, my keyboard slider. Excuse me, my keyboard slider. I do apologize for that. If you heard that. But anyway, like I said, usually uh, she goes and along with her teachers, and not only do they do trainings and stuff and get the classrooms in organized fashion, but also the fact that she, um, also the fact that she. Uh, basically, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, she basically, um, along with her teachers, would go to the houses of, of the students, and she would um, basically meet with the students and um, see, you know see how they're doing, see if there's anything you know updated, like like medical needs might be need to be addressed, like medications, you know what can they eat and stuff. So normally, what I was trying to get at, and again, I do apologize, you know, uh, 
I just drink some Pepsi here. Uh, I woke up a little, like a couple of hours ago, and I guess I'm still kind of tired, drained from over the weekend. So I do apologize if I flabber on my words a little bit here. Uh, but anyway, anyway, though, um, you know, she, you know, she goes and, you know, she goes to the fellow teachers, like I say, said, and they usually, uh, they go, they do trainings. Let me, let me kind of rewind a little bit. There we go. Let's straighten this out here. Seven minutes in or eight minutes in. I do. I know you're thinking, what's wrong with this guy right now? Like I said, I'm still a little, I'm still kind of, <laughs> uh, feeling the effects of, you know, of the, um, of Labor Day weekend. And also the fact that knowing that school is officially back in and certain breaks and everything that my mom might call to check up on things. So she, she does that normally. So that's why I'm kind of flabbering on my words and what I'm trying to think, because I'm trying to say some, some, trying to get to some certain points uh, before she calls. But anyway, uh, to get back to what, to get back to what I was saying, and we wind back. There we go. Uh, Basically, um, long story short, they do, the normal routine, the normal routine they would go through uh, was thrown off. The normal routine that they would go through was thrown off. So she, so they had to improvise is what I'm trying to get at. Because like I said, normally they'd come back, they'd set up the classroom, they'd do some trainings, not just at, you know, the school where they're going to be at, but at other areas. Like when they usually meet, they'll be meeting at a different location. But because of what's been going on with COVID and all that, they had to meet basically where she's at right now. So, or at least in the building next to it. So they had to do that. And because things were changing and all that for safety reasons and also to kind of, I guess, modernize it or upgrade it, redesign, uh, they had to move a lot of stuff out of the building. You know, they had to move a lot of stuff. Uh, For example, let's say a desk like this, they had to move that out of the building you know a desk like this right here you know they had to move that uh they would have to move something like let's say um i dress the drawer which if i could just turn this real quickly they would have to move something like this um if you will they'd have to move something like that and i do apologize if it seems a little crooked i do apologize we're going to straighten that out there there we go uh but they would move something like that uh, they would move other stuff as well, you know, you know, like, uh, like, let's say, uh, bookcases and all that, cubby holes, anything that was heavy or not so heavy, they had to move out because what was going on is they were placing new flooring in the classrooms. They were placing new flooring in the classrooms, so uh, basically the kids uh, would have something to to kind of walk on and all that as I adjust this a bit. I just making sure I adjust that. But like I said, so the kids would have something to, to, to walk on um, in the future. Oh, as they got back uh, today, they would have something to, to, to walk on um, if you will. They so just adjust the camera there. Uh, but like I said, they would have something to walk on, you know, as they got, as they got back, if you will, from vacation. And normally, my mom and my my mom and her fellow teachers wouldn't do this. My mom and her fellow teachers wouldn't do this, and they would have 
other things. Like I said, they would have trainings in the locations or trainings in other locations. Uh, they would have conferences in the location they work at or in other locations. Um, you know, they would have a health fair. Basically, they would hold a health fair uh, in the location, either mostly outside or something like that. And most importantly, they would do, as I was trying to mention earlier, which I do apologize for fumbling over my words, like I said, you know, my mom could end up calling at any time and everything. And I'm still, you know, to check up on things and I'm still feeling the effects of Labor Day weekend, like I'm sure a lot of us are. Um, but anyway, normally they would uh, go and do house visitations to, you know, uh, kind of get re reacquainted with the students they had last year and the students they'll be getting this year. Uh, but unfortunately, because of that, they had to alter it. And instead, they had to um, end up doing, uh, like I was saying earlier, phone calls, video conferencing, mostly with uh, the in, other staff and teachers, but sometimes even with the parents, if they would do, if the parents were able to do that, as well as they would, like I said, they would do phone calls, video conferencing, you know, things like that. Or if the parent came over at that time to see the place to kind of, you know, meet, you know, with the staff and everything, if they had the opportunity. They would do it right then and there um, as well. But, yeah, overall, her, like I said, her normal routine going back to work kind of got thrown off. And she was just happy to have this past weekend off, I'll tell you that. She was happy to have this past weekend. She was thrilled. She couldn't be more happier to, you know, have three days off. I mean, I'll tell you this honestly. Tell you this honestly. So... My second oldest sister likes to call her, and I do apologize for any uh, lag. I'm about to go to Twitter here. Uh, but my oldest sister likes to call her every every other night, right? So, uh, basically, what happened is, well, hopefully nothing gets infected here. I'm going to take care of something real quickly. Uh, what happened is, so my mom comes back from comes back from work on uh, last Friday, right? And my sister calls her just to see how she's doing. She does it every other day and all that. So my sister calls her. And basically, long story short, after talking to her, not so long, but just, you know, long enough and stuff. Uh, my mom goes, my mom falls asleep back on the couch, which she does. You know, she does that when she's watching either the Golden Girls on Hallmark or she's trying to watch a movie or whatever. She'll get comfortable, she'll lay down on the couch, excuse me, and she'll get comfortable uh, to the point that she'll fall right to sleep. And that's when I normally would try to take advantage of doing a live stream like this or just doing a video, you know, with my regular cameras because of the fact that I know she won't you know, interrupt me because she's sleeping. Anyway, my sister, after she talks to her and everything, not that long, and then she hangs up, and then they end the conversation. My mom falls asleep on the couch. She falls asleep on there until about almost 2.45 in the morning. Then she gets up, and then she goes, gets herself in the shower, and it's not even, and it's basically, I would say, a little after 3, I would assume. I was already asleep here on my bed. But it's a little after three that I could assume she went and lay down in her bed 
She usually puts on the TV to help her go to sleep, but she didn't do it this time because she was tired. But again, I was already on my bed getting ready, already falling asleep. And I wake up early the next day because, you know, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to probably find opportunities to do uh, video content for this channel or whatever, or even go and get some breakfast for me and my mom at Burger King or Taco Bell or whatever, or whatever I feel in the mood for that, that day. So my mom, uh, usually, um, she usually gets up about 9.30, maybe 10 at the most. She usually gets up about that time. She didn't get up until almost 11. That's right, almost 11. And we're counting, you know, the hours she slept on the couch, which was several hours, and what she did on, what she slept, and the time she slept on her bed. She was out. I mean, she did say she got up earlier before that, about, I'd say two hours earlier, but then she just went and laid back down and she was out. So in total, she almost did what I think a lot of, you know, teachers in her position, you know, should do. She ended up sleeping for a total, even though it was at, even though it was at various times, she slept for a total of 12 hours. Yeah. And I know some teachers are going to listen to this if they do, and they're going to be like, well, Brian, none of us can do that if we have kids and all that. That is true. I respect that. That is true. I respect that. But here's the point. Here's the point. If you do have the opportunity, and let's say your husband, if you're married, is off, or your fiance, if you're living with them, is off, you know, from work that day, that same weekend, you have them get up, take care of the kids, and let you sleep in for all the hours you need to relax your body, re-energize your body. Because I noticed that with my mom. On Sunday. Now, Saturday, she was still tired even after doing that. And I'm thinking, Mom, you just slept almost 12 hours to, in total. You should be all right. But no, she was still tired because, again, she was feeling the effects. She was feeling the effects of the past two weeks. So what I did, because I noticed, you know, no offense when I say this, I noticed that she was kind of uh, getting in that grouchy mood, even though she had plenty of rest. She was still tired enough to where even the slightest thing could set her off, um, if you will. She was just getting in a mood, right? So I decided I would go to the fall festival here in Newman. My older sister, you know, called my mom up and said, hey, you do know there's a festival going on in your town, right? And we're like, yeah. And my mom's like, and she's like, well, you know, you should go, we're going to go down to it. You want to go down, you want to meet us down there? And my mom's like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You know, she was just very adamant about not doing it. And I, and I noticed, I was like, because I, I was, now here's the thing, I was already thinking about going. So I figured, you know what, I know she's in a mood. I'm going to go to the Newman Festival, and I'm going to do what I have to do. And I did. I walked down there. It's not that far. In fact, what I'm pointing at right here, in this corner, in this corner right here, you know, you go down this direction to what's known as R Street. And it's right down there. And that was it. You know, that was it. You know, that was uh, basically, you know, how far the the festival was uh, for me uh, to walk to. And my mom even thought the next day, oh, maybe we could have walked. Who knows? Uh, but I knew she probably wouldn't have walked in, especially in that weather. Uh, but anyway, I went down there, met with my sister, had a good time. I, you know, drank a little bit, got a little buzzed. And um, then... Uh, went to dinner with them at the uh, El Capitio 
or El Capitrio or whatever it's called. I can't think of it. It's nice. It's a good Mexican restaurant, really good here in town, down on Main Street. Had dinner with them. Uh, I was willing to help pay or pay for it. And they said, oh, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And they even gave me some tokens to get some beer and all that there. And they just said, you can just pay for, pay, pay for the beer tomorrow. Uh, so I had a good time with them. They came back over uh, with me because my sister had to use the facilities. And they visited for a little bit with my mom, you know, after dropping me off and everything. Like I said, they visited with my mom. My dog was glad to see them because, you know, she was a puppy uh, when, you know, she was around them. She was born from the litter of one of, of my nieces, one of my niece's dogs. And thus, of course, you know, she's now with us. You know, not my niece's dog, but the puppy who is now 12 is with us. Uh, the one you've probably seen in the background of some of my videos. Um, anyway, uh, she, uh, anyway, she was glad to see them. And then the next day, we decided, okay, we're going to go back down there. And this time my mom wants to go. Oh, well, she's, this, well, not, not the fact that she wants to go, but she did kind of promise or kind of say she would try to go the next day. And she did. Um, she enjoyed it. She liked it. I'll tell you this. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the spiral rings or something like that. The spiral potato ring fries, if you will. Or was the, um, you know, or it was just how popular the corn dogs were. But the line to get a corn dog, and I think these were the same corn dog people that go to the Fiesta in Patterson. It went around the corner. It was like, here was the, it's like, here was the line initially. Like, okay. Let me, let me give you an example. Like, here's the stand. It's like, here's the stand right here. Here's where you go right in front, right? The line went from there, went from here, all the way behind another stand. You know, another stand that was selling some ice cream kind of stuff. And right, right next to, almost in front of a Hawaiian barbecue stand as well. So, we, so that's how long that was. And I got my mom a, a corn dog and all that. And I drank a pin, second day in a row, I drank. And boy, did I feel the effects because <laughs> I think I overdid it. No, I believe, no, I, I don't think I, I can say emphatically I overdid it. And it's nothing new to me, apparently, because what I did is, and, and you probably hear me at the beginning of the video where I talk about I'm a little buzzed. Yeah, I was getting there. I got to the point that I took pictures. Of my, I took a picture of my uh, brother-in-law and my sister. Didn't even know I did that. My brother-in-law has a picture of me singing uh, to a Journey song that was playing uh, because they would play some music, not the actual band, but they would play some music to buy the time, right? And uh, I think it was the uh, song, it was the song Living on a Prayer by Bon. No, it was, wasn't Journey. Yeah, it was Journey. It was We built this city. It was we built the city and living on a prayer by Bon Jovi. And I was singing. I really was. So anyway, I got back home afterwards because I didn't have that much to eat. And I paid for drinking a lot because next thing I know, I'm stumbling in, going into my room, crashing on the floor, if you will, literally crashing on the floor. Then going to my bathroom over here. To my bathroom over here, showering and puking in the shower, and remaining in there for almost two hours, or an hour and a half, or something around that hour to two hours almost. Because I was like, bleh, bleh, bleh. 
And I was just like out of it completely. And then I come back, I lay back down. My dog's pretty much worried because she did the same thing with my mom. And it's not because my mom drank or anything. It's because my mom, I think she had the COVID earlier last year. And uh, she got worried about her because she wasn't, you know, like feeling all good and everything. So, you know, animals can sense that with the masters, with the humans. So me, um, if you will, I got up, I laid back down, I crashed. And then I got back up, took another shower and I heaved. I dry heaved which I've never done before, which I haven't done in a long time. I dry heat. That's how bad it was. And look, I know it was stupid. I know, honestly, it was stupid of me to do. A lot of you are probably thinking, man, you should be glad you You said, thank God you're all right. And I am. I do thank the Lord that I am fine. The, the thing is, though, <laughs> when you don't get to drink as much as I do, I mean, I do have hard seltzers. I do have Bud Light hard seltzer if you will oh and i have a pepsi down there too but i do have bud light hard seltzers so and let me get that pepsi out in exchange with this one put that in there oh. but yeah i do have uh pepsi hard seltzers uh to drink when i'm in the mood but after i, I go after what i've gone through yesterday uh not yesterday but on sunday I think I'm a little like I'm gonna back off of it a little bit. I mean, I did have what is known as a, a macchiato uh, ma, uh, or something like that, uh, a camarato, camarato. It's a tomato-like drink that supposedly, if you drink it, you'll be fine, if you will. But anyway, like I said, I I, I dry heaved a little bit. Then I laid back down, and I was fine. I was fine afterwards. I got up, let my dog out, because she had to go potty. And she was crying. She was like, hey, me, me, me. you know, you because, know, you know, that's her cry to tell me I got to go out. I got to go potty. So I got up, which I'm sure she was glad to see. Oh, good. Thank the Lord. My humans are right. <laughs> you know, and, I, and again, I do thank the Lord every day, you know, in my own way that I'm, I can get up and breathe. I really do. Uh, anyway, uh, long story short, I felt better. I don't know what it is. It's like after I let loose, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that does this at these kind of events. Uh, and hello to MLP fan uh, Jason. Thank you for joining me in the live chat. Super chats are open, guys, if you want to donate um, as well. And also check out my Teespring store. The merchandise is probably below the video as you're watching it live right now got a variety of stuff even got some cups and mugs up there um, as well uh, the newest one is to support and i'm just doing it out of my own free will but one is to support jacqueline michelle on divinart you need to check out her uh, story series there metamorphosized to malleability as well as becoming unlimited these are great stories you know, you don't got nothing visual to support the writing, but basically when you read it, you read the story, you can visually picture what's going on in your mind. So check those out. I think you will enjoy them. Uh, and again, you know, that's merchant, that's a cup and a mug. That's a cup, pint glass and a mug at my Teespring, at my Teespring store, along with some shirts and everything. 
I think you guys will overall enjoy. So check out the Teespring store below. Merchandise will be listed right there, if you will. Um, anyway, though, uh, like I said, you know, I felt better the next day. I mean, it's like I don't know what it is. It's like whenever I, you know, upchuck, if you will, or dry heave, which I don't normally do, um, I'm perfectly fine. I'm perfectly fine the next day. I think, I think what it is, honestly, is that I did, like I said, I didn't balance it out right. I didn't balance out, you know, eating as much as I should have before I left. I mean, I did eat. I ate my leftover dinner from what I had that I ordered from the restaurant on Saturday. But obviously, that wasn't enough to really balance it out. And, you know, like I said, I ended up paying for it the next night or later on that day or that night, I should say. But thank the Lord, I'm good, I'm fine. You know, it's not the first time I've been through it, and it probably won't be the last. But again, you can, I do feel the effects of it at times, like I'm sure a lot of us do, and that's why I'm still kind of tired. And I think maybe I kind of bruised myself a little bit or pulled something around here, because I can kind of, I kind of feel it, kind of feel something like pulling at times. You know, so I may have pulled something, you know, when I fell down on the, uh, on my, when I crashed in my room, if you will, because of what I did. But thank the Lord, I'm fine, and I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. And uh, I think what really, you know, really surprises my my sisters all the time is, man, how does he, how, how is he able to survive this? And it's the grace of God that gets me through it. It's the grace of God that gets me through uh, the days every day, and it's the grace of God that's going to help me bounce back financially uh, very soon. Um, for example, I've got a feeling I'm going to get a call soon for a job. I just don't know when. It's going to be. But yeah, that's what I was doing this past uh, weekend. But anyway, that's what I was doing this past Labor Day weekend was going to the festival, you know, you know, joining up with my sister and her brother and sister and her husband just by myself on Saturday. You know, it was me and my mom and my sister and her husband. And then yesterday we went to uh, my older sisters uh, who we were with at the festival for a barbecue. My mom bought some ribs, which we brought some home uh, for with for dinner tonight, and uh, it was a it was a good time. Like I said earlier, uh, what distracted me from trying to explain to you what was going on with my mom was, uh, you know, and her going back to work and everything, is they were showing uh, Toy Story. They were showing Toy Story, a marathon of it, on Freeform, and we got to the, you know, like the beginning of number four, if you will. So it was really interesting. It was a, so it was a, it was really, what I'm trying to say is it was a really interesting uh, weekend, if you will. And like I said, we capped it off with being at my sister's yesterday. I'll say this about my brother-in-law. I appreciate and love the fact that he tried to help me out a little bit by making this cappuccino, if you will, cappuccino. Appetite, that tomato-like beer that Bud Light and others bring out to kind of help you out a little, balance you out. I appreciate he tried to make that, but whew, that thing was hot and spicy. Like, as the old saying goes, I'm not saying this, and I'm not trying to sound disgusting or anything, but as the old saying goes, goes in you it goes it goes in hot one way and it comes out hot the other, if you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it was yeah, but like I said, it was an interesting weekend and uh, you know, I did some nice things as well. I got my mom and my older sister and my niece who is going 
get it later. I got her, got them some purses uh, at over there for five dollars, which was really amazing. And then my mom um, ordered a wreath. There was this lady that makes these homemade designs here in Newman, so she made her a wreath, if you will. Or she's going to make her a wreath, and then she's going to let her know when it's ready and stuff uh, in the next um, in the next couple of weeks. Oh, I would move out, but uh, right now, this is the best situation. I think anybody would agree that if you and your family, whether it's your parents, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, or your siblings, or your cousins, if you could work something out to live together, you know, financially, and you know, and basically let each other do what you got to do, you know, so be it. If you know what I mean. Um, anyway. Um, anyway, though, uh, that's what we that's what we did this past weekend, and um, just it was overall fun. Sometimes very memorable. Uh, we it was sometimes what I'm trying to say is it was sometimes a fun, if not memorable, weekend. Memorable sometimes, if not most, but not the best of moments. If, you know, when it comes to me and anybody else that was around there. What was interesting though is what happened afterwards. You see. About an hour or so, I would say about two hours after we left the festival, there was a shooting down on uh, Fresno Street and Main Street, you know, here in Newman. And it was and it involved two teens getting airlifted to the hospitals for injuries. And it was like, what is going on here? You know, this can't be Newman because, yeah, we have some kids that might be a little wild at times and might, you know, belong to gangs and things, but they won't, they wouldn't go you know, this far as to, you know, risk, you know, doing a shootout in Newman, if you know what I mean, because, you know, I know a lot of people say this about the police, you know, stations or the police officers, you know, where they live, but here in Newman, ours is almost on top of a lot of things, and as soon as they heard these little pops going off, you know, that's when they went to the to that scene, and my mom, she was talking to my second oldest sister, she heard a helicopter hovering around real close, thinking, what in the world is that? And that was the reason. And then last night, when me and my mom were coming home, not even barely out of Patterson, going down Highway 33, we see two cop cars, you know, parked on the side with another car parked on the side and cops talking to some guy on the, you know, on the outside of the cars. Like they were talking to him, you know, wondering what was going on. Obviously may have been drinking or something like that. I don't know. But anyway... You know, that's basically what the weekend was like. And, uh, you know, again, I'm not saying me getting the way I did over the weekend uh, is going to ha- it's not going to happen again. It, it might. You know, I'm not denying that. I, you know, I've said many times, you know, I'm never going to do this again. And I still do it, <laughs> you know. And it's not because I have an alcoholic problem. Thank the Lord, I don't. Because if I did, I'd be doing that every week. And it, I'd be doing it. Well, not. I wouldn't say every week, but I'd be doing it every day, every day, every moment. If I had a problem, I'd be doing it, but I don't. Thank the Lord for that. I'm more of a Pepsi guy. I'm more of a Pepsi guy and a Coke guy and a Dr. Pepper guy and a Gatorade guy and a Kool-Aid guy than way before I'd be an absolute beer guy, unless I had nothing else to drink. But then I would only drink one or two a night, and that's it. You know, and just go from there. Anyway, with that said, I know about 
35, almost 36 minutes in. I do apologize, but I just wanted to let you know what was going on um, over this past weekend. That's one thing that uh, a lot of people do when they do these podcasts. They always want to ask how they're doing, or they always want to talk about what they're doing before they get to the main meat of the podcast, if you will, the video live stream. And um, that's mainly what I did. I just spent basically 36 minutes uh, doing that. But anyway, let's get on to the main meat. You had the appetizer. Now you're going to have the meat. You're going to have the meat of the video. And the topics we're going to talk about today are, one, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, Ruby Soho, along with CM Punk, are now all elite, but for how long? Let me repeat that with the number one. Uh, Let me repeat that with the number one. Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, Ruby Soho, along with CM Punk, are now All Elite. That's AEW, All Elite Wrestling, but for how long? We're going to talk about that. Number two, what we're going to talk, okay. Number two, we're going to talk about why the time is most definitely now for female singers and artists, or female artists and singers, to do their own Sledgehammer music video, the Peter Gabriel one of 86, with their own song. I've talked about this before, but I figured, you know, use the platform here of topics on my mind to talk about it as well and give more, hopefully, of an explanation. Number three, we're going to talk about how much fun will a, and I say this with no offense, no offense when I say it, uh, how much fun will a Female shape-shifting animated show and movie B. I forgot to put B, but how much fun would an animated show movie of a female shapeshifter be? And again, I say that with no offense. No offense. All due respect, no offense when I talk about that. Number four, we're going to talk about are fans rebelling against WWE by supporting AEW and other major indie fans? We'll talk about that and why that's a situation. Number five. We're going to talk about what is the next Disney Afternoon reboot to be done by Disney. And number six, we're going to talk about Darkwing Ducks, which is another Darkwing Duck, who is another Disney Afternoon show, or OG show, 30th anniversary being this month and this year. We're going to talk about that and more. But before then, we're going to take a little bit of a break, guys. I'm going to go make me some soup, and then I'll be back to talk about the first topic in a moment.
Like I said, I'm warm, I'm warming up some soup right now, so I'll be right back. Because I gotta let it set as well for about ten minutes. But I'll be back while that ten minutes or fifteen minutes is going on. So one thing about Kurgan machines, they're not just made for coffee. They can be utilized for tea. They can use K-cups for mocha lattes or hot chocolate. Or in this case, use the hot water to make hot tea or to fill up the cup of a uh, lunch soup, if you know what I mean. Cup noodles, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> be right back. Oh, okay, guys, I'm back. I actually set the timer for 20 minutes. So that way, you don't have time to, um, you know, do its thing. But to answer your question, I am been, I have been looking. I have been applying. It's just, it's up to, you know, the, the job, you know, the job I apply to because, you know, they're going through a lot of applications and stuff. So it takes time to get to everybody that they potentially want in there. Um they shouldn't have to have a problem hiring me despite what happened at my job, but we'll see. I mean, even my sisters and my niece are like, that shouldn't be a problem. You know, that shouldn't hurt you, but I don't know. We'll see what, we'll see what occurs. But now that we're about 45 minutes in and I do apologize for that. Let's get on to the uh, first topic at hand here. while I wait for my soup to completely settle in. Well, about four, yeah, about 45 minutes in. So I do apologize. 
um, like I said, you had the appetizer, so now you're getting the meat of it. You're getting the full course dinner. Uh, first topic I want to talk about is Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, Ruby Soho, along with CM Punk, are now all elite, but for how long? You see, in, now, well, not you see, but okay, let me let me straighten out here for a second. Let me clear my thoughts. Okay. Now, uh, in case you guys have been paying attention to All Elite Wrestling, about two, three weeks ago, CM Punk debuted on Rampage. And uh, actually about three weeks ago now, CM Punk debuted on Rampage as, you know, in Chicago at the United Center. And basically got a hero's welcome and everything. And the question obviously was how... Well, not was, but one of the questions a lot of fans had, uh, those that support AEW, support wrestling overall in general, despite what company you're a fan of, and those that don't like AEW because they feel it's just a niche company that, you know, is, you know, not long for this world or the wrestling world, if you will. Um, so you make sure my mic is adjusted here. Yeah, make sure. Yeah, but basically, you know, one question a lot of folks have is how long is his contract for? Basically, how long is CM Punk's contract for when it comes to All Elite Wrestling? And even though he says he's in there full time, he's there full time. The obvious question is, well, if you're there full time, what is the length of your contract when it comes to that full timeness? And this is the same question that's going to get asked of Ruby Soho, the former Ruby Riot in WWE, Adam Cole, who made his debut at All Out last uh, Sunday, as well as Brian Danielson, who made his uh, debut almost immediately after Cole, you know, at All Out on Sunday as well. Daniel Brian Danielson being Daniel Bryan of WWE. You know, the question obviously is: Okay, if they're in it for the full-time gesture. How long are they going to be full time? In other words, how long is a contract going to be for full timeness? And that is a good question. That is definitely a good question. And honestly, I could see CM Punk, you know, people like a punk and a Daniel. Or I could see a punk. I could see what I'm trying to say is I could see a CM Punk and a Brian Danielson being there for maybe a year, maybe a year and a half at least. And then maybe, you know, hanging it up or transitioning to a backstage role, maybe. I could see Danielson, honestly. And, you know, just based off what he said, very complimentary of WWE, I could see his contract coming up within a year, if it's a year or a year and a half or whatever. And going back to WWE in a backstage environment, in a backstage uh, role, if you will. Because you, I mean, honestly, honestly, you cannot tell me that it's not awkward for for Danielson and for Brie Bella, his wife, you know, um, it's not, you can't tell me it's not awkward for them that he's now working with AEW and she's still connected with WWE. You can't tell me it's not awkward. Now, yeah, you know, she gets to stay at home and not have to worry about traveling as much, you know, as Daniel does. And the, the schedule does allow him to be at home most of the time, except for maybe Tuesdays and Thursdays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays and potentially uh, Fridays, and that's well. Actually, it allow it actually allows them to be there 
yeah, basically about Monday, it allows him to be there partially on Tuesday. It allows him to uh, be home on Thursday. And if needed, it allows him to be home on Fridays. So it does open up the schedule because they're not doing many live events. I mean, they've been trying it out. They've been testing it out uh, once in a while. But, you know, they haven't been doing many live events just yet. But there's going to be a time when that opportunity is going to present itself. We all know it. We all know that's coming. But, uh, you know, for Danielson, it works out fine. So I'm looking at the fact that he's probably a one to two year deal, maybe one a year and a half with the fat with the possible option of resigning or the possible option of, you know, he's done his time there. He's helped establish, you know, AEW as a prime time contender and someone to take seriously in the wrestling business and sports entertainment business depending on how you look at it, that I believe he'll either transition to a backstage role there, which would be fitting uh, for him, or I could see him transitioning to a backstage role back in WWE. Because, again, what really, I think, grinds a lot of people's gears that don't like WWE, and we'll talk about this later on in the future, another topic, is that he was very complimentary of WWE, of Vince McMahon. He said a lot of positive stuff. And a lot of people love that. There was actually a lot of fans that love the fact that, hey, here we have somebody that WWE could have kept that seemed to be a WWE lifer. And he's now in all elite wrestling because he wants to explore these other options that are there, as well as go through the forbidden door when the opportunity presents itself. And, you know, he's not bitter. He's not bitter about it. I think that's what, yeah, he's not bitter. He's not bitter toward, he's, well, basically what I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to get at is, here's a guy that, again, this was something that was really looked at in a positive way by a lot of folks that, that WWE could have kept, made the decision after he saw the tribute AEW did for Brody Lee, the former Luke Harper, and they're like, and, and basically that's what helped him kind of, you know, make his decision clear that he wants to try AEW. You know, here's somebody that could have stayed with them, but decided after he what he saw what they did for Brody, they're like, he's like, I gotta go there. I gotta try that out. Saw the talent that's you know available to him there that he can go against. Saw the fact that a forbidden door is being open to allow him to compete elsewhere while he's still with them. And you know, something that gives him a schedule that's not so hazardous, you know, on his health, which it's pretty cool. It's actually pretty cool when you think about it. But, you know, here's the thing. And my finger just hit the bike there. I do apologize. Here's the thing, though. Again, the question is, how long is this contract going to be? You know, because like I was saying, if it's a year, a year and a half, maybe two, you know, it could let him, tra- it could lend him to transitioning into a backstage role at All Elite Wrestling, or it could allow him to either resign for another year, if he chooses to, if he enjoys what's going on, or if he feels he's done all he can, he'll probably, because again, as I was trying to say, you can't tell me it's not awkward for them, you know, in a sense, maybe not as bad as some people would say it is. You know, you you, you can't tell me that, you know, he wouldn't want to probably, you know, end his career back in WWE. It's like WWE is, help, is who made him what he is 
made him, you know, the commodity he is more so than before. You can't tell me that after having maybe a year or two run in AEW, maybe even having a run as their champion, that he's not going to want to transition over to um, WWE or back to WWE, maybe in a backstage role, maybe a part-time role, who knows, uh, just to finish out his career. Because again, what I was trying to get at earlier before I lost my, before I uh, kind of got, lost my train of thought there, and I do apologize. What I was trying to get at is, you know, he was very complimentary about them, Vince and all of them, and about the entire company. And I know in a sense that kind of grind the gears of a lot of fans that don't particularly, are not particularly, I should say, very fond of WWE right now. So, you know, it obviously kind of, you know, in their from their perspective, you know, having their gears grinded wrong because of what he said, you know, basically to them points to the fact that he's going to go back and he might. He just might go back, but he's looking at AEW as that opportunity that presents is presented to him to allow him to do what he wants to do. And then once he's done that, even if after a year and a half or so, he's going to go back to WWE. And WWE is going to see, you know, how well possibly AEW treats Daniel. And they're going to be like, you know what? We don't want to lose him again. Let's give him exactly what he asked for and more so. Let's give him the red carpet. Let's give him the world. And that might be what happens. That might be what happens. So we'll see what we'll see what they do down the line. We'll see what they do down the line. But yeah, for Danielson, the question is how long is this contract for? I would have to say potentially, and this is again, as I was mentioning just moments ago, I think potentially his contract is for about you know a year, year and a half, maybe two at the most. And I think there's a good chance he'll either resign or trans or transition to a backstage role there. Or maybe he'll decide to go back to WWE um, to end his career. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You, you never know. I mean, think about it this way. If you were in his shoes and you're like, well, I'm very complimentary about WWE. I know that's not going to go over with, well with a lot of folks, especially fans. So... You know, what do I, you know, what do I do? Do I stay with this company knowing that some fans are still going to resent me possibly because of me being complimentary? Or do I go back to WWE and end my career there um, because, you know, I have a lot to be grateful to them for? Most, honestly, if I was in Daniel's place, I would kind of weigh my options is what I would do. I would... After I get to the end of my contract with All Elite Wrestling, I would weigh my options and I'd be like, okay, what's next? What would be the better solution for me financially and health-wise? Because if there's one thing, one thing a lot of people are not very uh, comfortable with is when Daniel was uh, being complimentary about WWE and Vince, he said the reason Vince didn't let him do as much as he wanted, like didn't let him go you know, all out to coin a phrase is because he didn't want him to get injured. He was very protective of him. And when some, when obviously Vince is very protective of somebody, you know, that shows that he, you know, puts that person in high regard. Like this is a guy 
I don't want to see get hurt. This is a guy I don't want to see uh, end up, you know, on the injured list, you know, or have to be forced back into retirement like he was previously. So if I'm Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, I might consider going back to where, you know, someone wants to keep me protected and all that. Because as I was saying, the one thing that really felt, you know, uneasy with Daniel saying that and then saying that Tony Khan's giving him the permission to go all out, go go nuts kind of deal, is they feel what TK's doing, and a lot of people call him TK for short, is he's putting him in a situation similar to Matt Hardy. Like, you're going to let Daniel do all these things, and this is a guy that's been known for having injuries that have, you know, at one time ended his career for the short period. So what are you trying to do? You know, end his career permanently. So, if so, yeah. Is this anything? A lot of people, whether they liked, you know, Daniel being a complimentary of WWE or not, the one thing they can both agree that was unsettling, perhaps, was the fact that he, the comparison between Khan and McMahon, and the fact that McMahon was protective and Khan's like, <laughs> go crazy. So. We'll see what happens. I mean, if Daniel does get legitimately injured, not saying he will, not saying he will, that maybe that's what forces his hand. Maybe that's what forces his hand to say, you know, look, I got hurt here or nearly injured here too many times, Tony. I appreciate the opportunity you gave me over these past past year and a half, two years, but I'm going back to WWE where it's safe. And I think that's what's probably going to happen. If, you know, if, I, if I want to keep myself... Healthy and protective, probably where I'm going to go. Probably where I'll go. But we'll see what they do. We'll see what they do with him. Uh, as far as Adam Cole goes, I think him and Ruby Soho are in the same category. I think they're going to have, depending, because a lot of people perceive AEW as a niche company. I mean, uh, the guys that are known, and I'm going to look up the name right now, the guys that are known as technical work rate productions, you know, they're very critical at times, if not most times of AEW. And uh, basically, uh, you know, basically they, they look at AEW as being a niche company. They're like, uh, they're, they're, they're part of that group of fans that some people would say are WWE fanboys or, you know, they don't get it kind of deal. Oh, and when it comes to AEW, uh, top top work rate productions is, you know, in that camp, they're in that category to where they feel AEW is a very niche company. Like, yeah, it's got its following. Yeah, it's got some positives to it. But how long is it going to be, you know, around for? You know, how long is it going to last is, is the question. And uh, basically, basically when it comes comes to um, Adam Cole and Ruby Soho, and I just uh, touched the mic there with my finger. I do apologize. When it comes to Adam Cole and Ruby Soho, they basically do see, uh, now I'm not speaking for them, but if I was in their position, they'd probably see two individuals that are going to be with AEW till maybe the very end. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um. You know, because of the you know because of the fact that you know Cole's friends with the elite, with the Bucks and the Omega and all them, Ruby Soho wants a little bit more freedom, and she pretty much, you know, on the back of her jacket when she entered as the Joker in the Casino Battle Royal, 
had AEW plastered on the back of it. It's like, yeah, these these two could be with the company for the long haul, but we'll see what you know how long that could be. I mean, their contracts could be like for two or three years. Who knows? Um, but if but if top top but if TWR as they call themselves TWR was to look at it from their perspective, along with anybody else that shares the same opinions. They're probably looking at, you know, a couple of people that'll be there maybe with the company until it goes, you know, down, if you will, until it goes under from the from what they can see. But, you know, you know, well, well we but here's the thing. We, we don't know if that's true or not. For all we know, Ruby, Ruby Soho's contract could be for just like, let's say, a Dan, like a Brian Danielson and a CM Punk. It could be, you know, for a year and a half or maybe a year. You know, this way she could be like, see WWE, see what they let me do in w- in AEW. Hey, now you want me back? I'll come back, but you got to let me have my freedom. And maybe by that time, WWE would be like, you know what? Let's, let's give them the freedom. You know, everybody's saying we're not giving them freedom. Let's, let's give them the freedom and see what happens. And maybe that will occur. Maybe Ruby will come back. She'll see that things have changed. She'll be like, yes, I got my freedom again. She can come out and do shit. Do like shoot promos and be like, you know what? I went to AEW. They gave me some great treatment. I was their champ. And I used AEW, that pathetic little company, to get back in WWE because WWE number one. You, you never know. You never know what could happen in the next year or so. But to me, though, I would have to say that when Top Work Rate Productions, you know, uh, basically gives the thoughts on. AEW All Out, which they already did. I could see them probably considering Cole and Soho being with the company for at least the long haul, at least a couple of years. But we'll see. We'll see what they do. We'll see what they do. Um, we'll see what they do. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, th- I think honestly, the contracts, um, when it's all said and done, you know, and I'll be right back. I told you she was going to call. Hello? Nothing. No, what kind of mail do I get? Yeah, it's just uh that it's just a little insurance thing. You know, for residents that are from Okay, Yeah. Nothing. 
All right, sorry about that, guys. I told you she was going to call. <laughs> told you she was going to call. She she does that. It's always usually between one thirty and two or one thirty and three. Uh, she just calls to check up on things mainly. She even did that when I used to to work, um, if you will. I'm just checking to make sure my life run. Hold on, guys. There you go. Just want to make sure the mic's adjusted. But yeah, I told you she was going to call. I told you she was going to call. But and I had to get my uh, soup anyway.
had to get my soup anyway. Uh, but anyway, but uh, getting back on topic here, and again, I do apologize for the interruption. Like I said, she was going to call, and I was right. Like I said, it was between one thirty and two sometimes, one thirty and three sometimes. Uh, but anyway, getting back on topic again, what was I? Oh yeah, you know the, the thing is with with people like TWR and all them, they'll, they'll probably look at guys like you know people like Cole and Soho and. And they'll probably look at them as people that could be there for the long haul, at least maybe a couple of years, uh, at least or until, as you know, they would project along with fans that are on the same campus them uh, until the company goes, you know, gets to a certain point to where, you know, people like Cole and Soho will be like, did we make the right decision years ago? You know, <laughs> who knows? Um, but yeah, it's, to, to me, when it comes to people like Brian Danielson, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, I could see them being full time for at least a year, year and a half, maybe two. And I could see CM Punk transitioning to a backstage role with them as a trainer and a coach. And I could see Daniel doing the same thing or even opting to go back to WWE to finish out his career and maybe even transition to a backstage role there. So I could see that. I could see that going either way. And as far as Cole and Soho go, I, I could see those two. Uh, remaining with the company for the long haul, at least a couple of years until maybe, you know, they decide, well, let's see how things are on the other side again to see if the grass has, you know, improved, gotten greener, gotten back to what we were hoping it would be, and just go from there. Um, anyway, though, anyway, though, yeah, I, th- that's just my opinion on how long I think you know, the contract status, you know, for the, you know, Danielson and Punk and Cole and Soho are going to be with All Elite Wrestling. I think, you know, Danielson, in closing for this topic, I think Danielson and Punk are going to be a year and a half, maybe two at most, with both of them transitioning to a backstage role, maybe for AEW at the same time. Or I could see Daniel being someone that's going to probably want to finish in WWE and maybe transition there because, you know, again, his wife, Bree, uh, works for them. Unless Bree gets let go, but I don't think they would let Bree go. They would have to let Nikki go at the same time. But I don't think that will happen. And as far as Cole and Soho go, I can see them being in the company for the long haul, at least a couple of years. And then maybe if they decide to go back to WWE, maybe hopefully by then you'll have people in WWE going like, you know what, Cole, Soho, we were wrong about what we did to you guys. We're going to let you do what you want. We're going to let you say what you want. We're going to let you have the kind of matches you should have. So maybe that might be what they're going to wait for. Who knows? But yeah, yeah, that's just my thoughts on that topic. So on to the second topic, and I do apologize for this going on, on for the long haul. Like I said, I had a feeling my mom was going to call, and of course I gave you the appetizer earlier, which I come kind of fumble my words on a little bit because I'm st- I was still kind of feeling the effects of over this past weekend. But number two, we're going to go to. The number second topic, I should say, the number two topic. Uh, why the time is most definitely now for female artists slash singers to do their own Sledgehammer music video, uh, the Peter Gabriel work, which Sledgehammer music video, you put in Peter Gabriel, you'll see what I'm talking about, uh, with their own song. Now, you've seen me talk about on several occasions every year, and especially recently, why I believe the time is now, why over the past decade, the time is most definitely now for women, female artists established and up and coming to do this. 
Now, I've seen female artists, either they've been part of a group, a duo, or whatever. They've done these kind of music videos, very creative and all that. And I think they're pretty cool. And to me, I think they kind of get the idea of what, you know, you know what they can do with animation, claymation, stop motion, more so than they can do with live action. And I think with the creative geniuses of, let's say, a Sia, a Katy Perry, a Billie Eilish, a Billie English, Billie Eilish, if you will, and many a Lady Gaga and many others, I, and, a, and a Pink, as some people would say, and some up-and-coming established artists, I think the time is most definitely now. I think the time is most definitely now, especially with, you know, some people say there's still uncertainty as to what's going on. I think the time is most definitely now. You know, because what, whatever songs they could use, I think would be perfect. You know, if, if it's a song, if one of those songs out there, I'll put it this way, if one of those songs out there, when one of these established or up-and-coming female artists and singers, you know, has lyrics to where they could, where they talk about being anything that's needed or being anything, you know, you need or whatever. A music video very similar in tone to the Sledgehammer music video by Peter Gabriel to me, would be the absolute best solution. And again, I've noticed some over the past couple of years that seem to be coming close, or at least they get the gist of it, but it's not there yet. You know, like I said, they get the gist of it, but it's not there yet. What's funny is I uploaded the video I did recently talking about this onto one of the Stop Motion Facebook group pages, and somebody there one liked it and befriended me and then they invited me to another youtube stop motion page because i think they like the idea that this is something that potentially could be done and maybe it gives them an idea to get in contact with perhaps an up-and-coming female artist they may know of that could you know that by putting them into this kind of environment could elevate them to that next level because a little bit of history a little bit of trivia uh, Peter had some creative videos before this after he broke away from Genesis, but the moment he did Sledgehammer, you know, that took him to the next level. That took him to the next level. And every time he had a video come out, people were wondering, okay, how can he top Sledgehammer? And he came close with Big Time. He came close with Digging in the Dirt, uh, if you know what I mean. But, you know, everybody was always wondering who would be the next one? Who would be the next one to to uh, try to replicate and outdo what he's done in a similar manner. And Kira, Grin, and Kira, and I think her name is Kieran Grins, or, uh, Kira, Kira Grins or something like that. She did In Your Arms, and she kind of did something similar, but with jelly beans and everything, but you know, not to an extent to where her face would always morph into something different. To me... This would be the perfect avenue. This would be the perfect, you know, you know, the perfect avenue, the perfect uh, jumping off platform for an up and coming artists and uh, and the perfect avenue and jumping off platform for an established artist to reestablish himself as, you know, not just a good singer, but as a great as a very artistic uh, mind, uh, artistic um, artist as well. My finger just hit the mic there again. I do apologize but a very artistic uh, person as well. So to me, so to me, the opportunity is most definitely now. There's no denying that. There's no denying that. And again, 
you know, to have somebody after all this time, you know, uh, not only like what I have to say, but invite me to another stop motion group because of the idea. I think that's, you know, even though it may, it may not you know be something that people would consider anything serious to me, that's like the first big step for anything like this to happen. So to me, most definitely the time is right now. To me, the time is most definitely right now because, again, there's still going to be people, even artists that are uncertain about what's happening. And the best solution is to go, in my opinion, the way of stop motion, claymation, animation, um, to do a sledgehammer-like video like Peter did. Because believe it or not, this is the 35th anniversary this here is the third. This year is the 35th anniversary of that um, of that music video. So I can only imagine people trying to people wanting to pay homage to it with their own version. That's just my opinion. I mean, I know Peter once said in the music video, "Hey, good luck to anybody that tries to replicate it or top it." And here's the thing: Peter said that. Back when it first was still, it was still fresh. It was still a fresh deal. You know, back in the early, mid to late '80s, it was the, the the song, the video was still fresh, in many ways. So when he said that, he probably had no idea. Hey, as the years and decades go on, we're going to evolve in technology, and things like this, like my video, it could be replicated a lot quicker than you know I could expect. So he said that, not knowing at a time. Well, at that time, the things were going to evolve, and they did, and they have, and they still do. So to me, so to me, obviously, the time is most definitely right now. And, it, and if any of you in the live chat or any of you later on watching this post-live stream uh, can let me know about that. Let me know if there is any already established female artist singers that have done a video similar to Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer in their own unique way, whether it's here in the U.S. or internationally. Let me know. Let me know down in the comments as well as in the live chat during this uh, uh, Topics of My Mind live stream. Yeah, eating uh, some soup here. That's what my mom's doing right now. She's eating her lunch. She only gets um, a half hour lunch. You would think here, living in here in California, she get more, but you know that that's just the, that's just the way things go. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, though, like I said, to, the, this is most definitely the time. And if any of you know about one, let me know down below in the comments after the live stream as well as doing the live stream. And so I can check it out and see if maybe there is identical similarities in many ways. And I know some of you are going to probably bring out one that I've already seen that pays homage, but I'm talking female singers and artists. And I say that with no offense, all due respect, no offense. So anyway, with that said, you know, on to the number three topic. And the number three topic we have here. It's how much fun will a, and again, I say there's a no offense, all due respect, all due respect, no offense uh, when I say this, 
But how much fun will a female shape-shifting animated show and movie be? Now, I've talked about this many times before, of the potential that could be presented, if you will. And I still stick by a lot of the things I've said. And with the fact that WB is planning to do a Plastic Man movie with a woman in the lead, maybe as the title character, most well, most definitely the title character, that's making it Plastic Woman. Um, to me, the potential, the potential is, you know, it's there. It is there for how much fun they could have with, with a female shapeshifter animated movie or series. They have a lot of fun. They could have a lot of fun with this. I mean, we've seen it, you know, in something like Teen Titans Go. We've seen it in the original Teen Titans and everything. You know, to me, I think obviously it would be perfect. It would be a perfect show, very funny show. I mean, just, I mean, especially if you go the comedic route, just imagine the fun the character that has the powers will, you know, be able to, you know, be written into. Like maybe, you know, there's an episode where they feel mischievous and they decide to play a trick on the friend and disguise themselves as a vase or something like that. To me, it, to me, the possibilities are there. The possibilities are definitely there. And I think it would be a lot of fun. I think it would be a major hit, you know, either as a series or even a movie. Because, again, with animation, you know, you could do a lot more than you could do with regular technology or CGI. I mean, with CGI evolving every day, special effects and everything, yeah, there's no doubt you could do a lot. You know, you could do a lot, what I'm trying to say. I just, you know, had a brain fart there. I do apologize. Um, but like I said, you could do a lot. And I think, you know, people will like it either way. But with the animation, you can go all out. You can go all out here. And to me, it would work. It would definitely work. So to me, how much fun would it be? I think it would be a lot of fun. I think it would be a lot of fun, especially in today's environment. If you're going the LGBTQ route, it'd be a lot of fun. I could see, you know, an adult animated show with a female shapeshifter with a regular girlfriend and the female shapeshifter decides, hey, I want to spend time with you all day. And the girlfriend's like, sure, go ahead, turn yourself into an outfit for me. And boom, she's an outfit. I could see that. I could see them doing that and maybe even, you know, get into a you know time where, you know, the, the female shapeshifter is kind of teasing her friend and, and then it ends up with them kind of getting it on, if you know what I mean. But sorry about that. <laughs> Trying to finish off the cup here. Uh, but anyway, I, I could see that. I could see, you know, the I could see the fun and the potential uh, something like this could could definitely have, you know, as an animated show or movie. And I've talked about it many times before. I think the possibilities are there. I mean, if you throw in the fact that the female shapeshifter likes to turn into different inanimate objects or people, but they're still learning their powers, and you know, and then they also have the ability to maybe you know, as a shapeshifter, split themselves into, you know, different, you know, versions of themselves, you know, and you can have, and with the story, you could have, you know, maybe the parents or the friends be a little worried that, hey, you might lose yourself. Again, the potential is there to really make something out of all that. 
So, honestly, excuse <coughs> me. So honestly, I think I think the opportunity presents itself to be a very fun, you know, thing for the, any studio to look into. So, hopefully, we'll get something like that. And with the plastic man or plastic woman movie that WB is still working on, perhaps, you know, we'll get something fun out of that. And who knows? Maybe the movie might be an HBO Max original. Maybe they'll decide to transition it to an animated series. We'll see. But. Uh, yeah, to me, I, I can definitely, and I just hit the mic again, so I, I do apologize. Uh, but to me, uh, I can definitely see, uh, you know, a show like that or a movie like that being really fun. So let me know what your thoughts are on that, that and everything. And uh, we're going to move on to the fourth topic. The fourth topic being, you know, are fans rebelling against WWE by supporting AEW and other major indie feds. And this obviously, you know, since its inception, it's been a question that a lot of people have been probably asking and wondering. And I have to say, my answer to it is, excuse me there, <laughs> excuse me again. Uh, but anyway, I have to say that my answer to that is yes. I, I really honestly think fans are, uh, rebelling against WWE by supporting AEW and major indie feds. And they're doing it not because they hate WWE, not because they hate Vince McMahon, but they're trying to send a message. And that message is, hey, you want us not to rebel against you? You don't want us to criticize you and call you out for some of the stu stupid stuff you do? And you want us to stop supporting companies like this full time? Then do what these guys are doing, or at least take a page out of what they're doing and try it yourself and see what happens. That's why they're rebelling. You know, they're not rebelling out of the, the fact that they're just dumb with WWE entirely, you know, and they're very critical. No, they're rebelling because they want WWE to get better. They're trying, they're basically, by supporting all elite wrestling, by supporting major indie fans like PWG, like MLW, like Impact, like, you know, from an international perspective. Uh, you know, triple, you know, triple A, New Japan, and back here in the states, Ring of Honor. The only reason they are supporting them, you know, full time, one hundred percent, mostly, is to get WWE to wake up and realize, hey, you want us back on your side? Hey, we realize you're the bigger company. There's no doubt. Whether we like to admit it or not, you are the bigger company. But hey, you want us back on your side? Do what these guys are doing, or at least take a page out of what they're doing and try it yourself and see what happens. That's what this is. That's all this really is, from my opinion. It's just a rebellion. It's just it's just a way to wake WWE up and make them realize, hey, you need to take a page out of what AEW is doing, take a page out of what Impact's doing, you know, take a page out of Ring of Honor, what Ring of Honor is doing, New Japan, AAA, MLW, take a page out of what they're doing, and run with it and try and see what it does for you. That's all it is. It's like, okay, it's like when a teenage, it's like when a, a teenager gets into the rebellious stage, all right? You know, a parent or a guardian could tell that teenager not to do a certain thing, in, you know, not to do a certain thing because for their own safety or protection or whatever, and they'll still do it. They'll, re they'll show the rebellion by still doing it. Like, you could say, hey, I don't want that kind of music played in my house, right? 
if it's like a satanic, if it's music that sounds demonic, satanic, whatever you want to call it, you know, the teenager most times, well, not most times, but several teenagers going through a rebellious stage will be like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And they do it. They will do it. Sometimes when a teenager will try to uh, embarrass a parent or the potential uh, stepmother or father, you know, in public by saying certain things, they're doing it because they're rebelling. They're not just rebelling against the parent, the biological parent, but they're doing it to rebel against potentially who could be their next stepfather or mother. And that's kind of, as strange as a comparison as that sounds, that's kind of how you have to view a, the fans that do this against, that are rebelling against WWE. They're rebelling against them by supporting the competition because they want them to understand, hey, we want you to succeed. We want you to be the success you once were, but take a page out of what they're doing, and then you might get us back on your side. That's all it is. That's all it really is. So, you know, so to me, in the long run, when you think about it, it's not the fact that fans truly hate WWE. It's the fact that they want them to get better. And if by rebelling against them and supporting AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, AAA, MLW, PWG, and all these other major indie fans, you know, within the North, within North America and internationally, you know, by supporting them, if that's the way, if that, from their point of view, if that's the way of trying to get WWE to wake up and realize, hey, maybe we do need to take a page out of what they're doing and apply it to us, then so be it. But to me, that's why fans are rebelling against WWE. It's not the fact, in my opinion, they truly hate them because they know they could put up put on a good product and good storylines. It's the fact that they want them to do better. And by doing better, they want them to take a page of what's going on elsewhere and apply it to what they do. And that's about it. You know, they don't want no more of these, hey, everybody, I'm both over the globe kind of stuff. They want someone like, let's say, you know, like I mentioned earlier, they want someone like an Adam Cole. If he would have remained going like, I'm Adam Cole, baby, and we're going to have a 60-minute Iron Man match for no reason whatsoever against me. And, oh, by the way, look who they brought in from New Japan. It's Kenta. Me and Kenta, one-on-one, 60 minutes. That's what they would want. That's what they would want. And, you know, that's that's just why, to me, they're rebelling against WWE. That's it. Now, will this rebelliousness continue over time? No, because as years go by, just like teenagers, as they grow up into young adults and they look back and realize, oh, man, what was I thinking? What was why was I this way? Or why, why, why did I do this? Why did I do that? And they start becoming more mature and, you know, more uh, responsible for their own actions. Hopefully the same could be said with the rebellious fans right now of wrestling that support AEW and all these other fans. You know, they'll still support AEW or places like AEW, but over time, they'll probably look back and go like, man, maybe I shouldn't have acted that way. Maybe I should realize that, yeah, even though, you know, they're different in their own, they're different with their kind of style of wrestling, it's still wrestling. It's just not what other companies are doing. You know, so to me, so to me, I think it's just a growth period right now. That's what it is, in my opinion. It's a growth period. That over time you're gonna you're over time you're still gonna have some rebellious people because anytime 
part of a rebellious group grows up and takes responsibility of their actions and looks back and goes like, man, what was I thinking? The more you take out or the more that decides to walk away, the more come in to take the place. So you're still going to have that rebelliousness every now and then. It's just, you know, over time, the initial rebelliousness that you have right now is not going to be there within the next couple of years. And people over time, and I say this with all due respect, no offense, people over time, wrestling fans, will realize it's just different kinds of wrestling out there. You have the heart, you have wrestling that's meant for the, you know, hardcore fans and all that, the indie fans, and you have wrestling that's uh, meant for the casual fans, and that's it. So, and, well, meant for the casual fans, it's meant for a mixture of fans, casual and hardcore, but more casual. So, over time, I think that's what's going to happen. But right now, the reason people are rebelling is because they want WWE to get better. They want to continue to support them because they know they have the potential. They have that you know they have the means to get better, and hopefully over time, you know they'll do you know just that. And my finger just hit the mic there. I do apologize again. So, but hopefully over time they will do that. But yeah, that's just my opinion as to why. Fans rebel against WWE the way they do. Just my opinion, um, if you will. Um, okay. After that, let's get on to the next topic. What is the next Disney Afternoon reboot uh, to be done by Disney? Well, we know that, um, I think, who is it? Seth Rogen or Seth Green is doing a Darkwing Duck uh, show or movie. We know Rescue Rangers is getting sort of a reboot continuation of the original from what some sources are saying so obviously the question is who's next well if the rescue ranger movie succeeds i think obviously they're going to be the next ones to get an animated series i think if this Darkwing thing that's going to happen uh succeeds uh, he'll get a series maybe basically a continuation of what happened in ducktales you know so that might happen but if I'm going to be honest, I think the next one to get a reboot is going to be Tailspin. I really do. I think, you know, you have the seeds planted, you know, with Molly and Kit showing up in DuckTales, the new DuckTales. So to me, it's obvious. So to me, it's only obvious that you have to do a reboot continuation. You have to take this grown up version of the, of the, of these characters and continue the legacy, in my opinion. So to me, the next one, outside of the Rescue Ranger and Darkwing Duck projects that are separate, their own thing right now, I think if you're going to go the same directive you did with DuckTales, I got to say, honestly, it's got to be Tailspin. Because you've already, you've already basically planted the seeds by having a grown-up kit and a grown-up Molly show up. So why not just go all the way with it? The same, obviously, the same could be said, obviously, for Gummy Bears. You could do the same thing, you know. They can, you know, they're basically looked at, you know, from the DuckTales perspective as these mystical protectors. Why not go with that? You know, and kind of have it connect somewhat to the uh, continuity and universe that, of DuckTales that was established. So to me, I look at the fact that Tailspin probably is the most logical outside of the separate Rangers and Darkwing Duck things going on. I think Tailspin's the most logical. And I also think, you know, potentially for, you know, consideration, Gummy Bears could be next. You know, uh, not next, but could be in that conversation as well. I mean, they did acknowledge they want to do more. 
they said in several interviews they want to do more like this, you know, like what they did with DuckTales. So the door to me is open for them to look into, you know, gu- to Tailspin, which they planted the seeds for already, and looking into Gummy Bears, which they planted the seeds for already. So to me, I think it makes a lot of sense, you know, that Tailspin and Gummy Bears should be the next ones that they consider, they look into, and try to bring to life. I really do. Because, again, these would be completely separate from the separate project of Rescue Rangers and Darkwing Duck that's going on. So, yeah, that's that's who I think. That's what I, that's what show I think is going to should be the next one that the Disney Afternoon looks into. And that's being um, Tailspin, continue where you left off with DuckTales. And Gummy Bears kind of tell the story of how they connect to the world that DuckTales had established, the universe they had established, uh, if you get my drift. All right. With that said, on to our final topic here. On to our final topic. And that is Darkwing Duck's 30th anniversary is this month. That's right. It's this year, and most importantly, it's this month. And I can tell you this, honestly, my older sister loved Darkwing Duck when he came out. It was like one of the shows she enjoyed, she loved. She got me basically both volume one and two of the DVD sets um, for Christmas one year, which I already had before that. So got two of them, you know, two each, if you will. So she got me those. And then, and then of course, before that, I ended up getting through a mail order. Actually, it was a mail order or was it at Hastings? So I can't remember. It might have been at the Hastings store. I'm not really sure. But I ended up buying the uh, Darkly Dawns the Duck VHS, the uncut pilot, if you will, uh, in its entirety on the VHS. I ended up buying that. And it had the stickers and everything. Actually, it was online. Yeah, it was online because it had the stickers and everything still connected to it, the trading cards and everything, which was really cool. And the show overall, I thought was good. It was obviously a parody of superheroes. Uh, it took inspiration from Batman and Darkman. Let's be honest. Darkwing Duck, Darkman. I think we can put those two together. But it did take some heavy influence from, from Batman. But what it was, Darkwing Duck, was basically, as a lot of people pointed out, was a parody. It was a parody of the superhero genre. Because one thing a lot of people would joke about with superheroes is how much of an ego they could have. You know, sometimes they don't have an ego and they're just there to, you know, do what's right, you know, do the job and that's it and not ask for anything in return. You know, Disney, <laughs> you know, they decided, you know what? We're going to turn that concept on its ear. We're going to turn that concept on its ear and we're going to make Dark Green Duck the opposite of what a superhero is. Like, he's a superhero, he does the right thing, but unlike other superheroes, like a Batman and a Superman or whatever, who don't care about the fame and the fortune, he wants to do it for the fame. He wants to do it for the fortune until he gets reality knocks up until he gets reality knocked upside his head. And you know, that's a great concept. That is a great concept, um, if you will. So to me, you know, with all that, you take all those elements and you and you merge it together into this concept of a show, you got yourself a winner. You got yourself a winner, in my opinion. And obviously, you know, obviously Disney thought the same thing because within the same year that 
Darkwing Duck debuted on the Disney Afternoon, it debuted on ABC. Yeah. And what's interesting is both episodes, if both, you know, airings were looked at as separate seasons, even though they were the same, even though they came out the same year. Because you had the syndicated episodes and you had the Saturday morning episodes. And what made them different is you can kind of tell that the anim- that the animation made them different. The animation was a little bit different because it seemed that with the Saturday morning presentation of some of the Disney afternoon shows, because Dark Green Dark wasn't alone in this, uh, the animation seemed a little bit more fluid, a little bit more brighter. Uh, and the, uh, the adventures, the story seemed a little bit more fantastical, if you kind of get what I'm saying. So you had that, you know, you had that going on, um, if you will. You know, you, 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 know, you have basically, you know, two areas, but again, they were treated like two different seasons. You had them treated like they were two different seasons. And it was fun. It was fun to watch, you know, because you didn't just get Darkwing Duck Monday through Friday. You got a Monday, Friday, you got a Monday through Saturday, except unlike, you know, Monday through Friday on the Disney afternoon where you had to go into syndication and find a station that had Disney afternoon on it to watch him. All you had to do on Saturday mornings was go to ABC. Because like I said, it wasn't the only show that did this. You know, Goof Troop did it the year after. Uh, Aladdin did it two years later, um, if you will. 100 Among Dalmatians, the series did it. Mighty Ducks did it. Gargoyles for a time did it. Gummy Bears for a time did it. You know, this is nothing new. But this was a unique way for for them to separate... Um, you know, I guess you could say the seasons being shown simultaneously at the same time. And I do apologize for a little bit of a pause I just had moments ago. I was trying to think about what I was going to say. But, yeah, it was an interesting concept for them to do. And it's one that I think a lot of shows should really consider doing even today in cable format, if you know what I mean. You know, in, in cable format, I think they should consider it. And I think they do do it, but, you know, not as much. But overall, it was, you know, it was an interesting time to be a fan because you had, like I said, you had two separate seasons on simultaneously at the same time. And you'll also tell the difference between the two because the Saturday morning one seemed to be more fantastical, more fantasy-like, if not a bit darker at times, but a little bit more fantasy-like compared to the, you know, grounded at times at most times, Dark Green Duck episodes in syndication, and the colors were more brighter, and the animation was a little bit more fluid. Which, uh, obviously, if you're going to have a show on Saturday mornings, you want to make it a little, a little bit more uh, presentable uh, for the viewers. So I thought that was good. I thought that was really good. And some of the episodes they had were great. I mean, the pilot was great, uncut or not. It was it was good, um, um, if you will. Yeah, I'm going to get into that in a moment, uh, Mecca from the 80s. And by the way, guys, Super Chats are on if you want to donate. And check out my Teespring store. Uh, the link should, you should see some advertisements below, if you will, while you're watching this. But check out my Teespring store um, as well. But anyway, like I said, uh, what, was I, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. You know, they had some good episodes, like Darkly Dawn's the Duck, uncut or edited a bit, I thought was good. Um, 
the one I liked the most for some odd reason because it was you <laughs> you didn't expect them to go this route out um, was Slime Okay, You're Okay. I thought that was a good episode because, you know, you had Garth, because here was the thing. This episode, obviously it aired later on because it wasn't part of any, any of the initial uh, volumes that came out. But you had Goslin get mutated temporarily into this slime creature by this plant formula that Bushroot had created to try to get himself a companion. And because she got infected by it, not only did she become like a slime girl, an elastic slime girl, whatever you want to call it, but she was, you know, of course, story-wise, she was slowly losing her sanity. She, you know, she was becoming hungrier, and by becoming hungrier and everything, she was starting to you know, lose a little bit more sanity and all that. And I like the fact that in that episode, she's the one that just wanted to go back to having a normal life. But Darkwing, of course, again, as we mentioned, him being a parody of superheroes, you know, wanted to look at the ego and the fame. And then, you know, again, reality had to hit him up upside the head, you know, if you will, to, um, you know, to wake him up about what was going on about the situation. And I, th- again, it was a fun episode. I mean, the fact that you had Goslin go all the way up to, you know, basically, re, you know, basically get reduced to nothing more than just like a pool, <laughs> if you will, uh, that was sucked into this thing by Bushroot, and you know, when when Launchpad gets sucked in there by accident and he splashes into her, she looks at him and go like, "You friend," because you know she doesn't know anymore. She's her mind's gone. So, you know, so it was really interesting. You know, a really interesting concept that they did with this. And I'm hoping that if we get a Darkwing Duck series out of this reboot that Seth Green wants to do, that I think I think they need to revisit that. I thought that was a great episode. I thought it was a fun episode. And, you know, what's funny is uh, you have, uh, what's his name, Cronin, uh, Cronin, who uh, does these artworks, if you will, on DeviantArt and Patreon, of girls turning into different things. Like different, like di- like uh, different versions of themselves, and he had one of Goslin going back to being, as she called herself, Yucky Duck, and then uh, Daisy from Quack Pack, the Daisy Duck from Quack Pack, you know, because she loved the tasty paste, uh, getting infected by that, and becoming a Yucky Duck herself, and then, you know, he had them fused together, merged together into one big Yucky Duck, so, you know. You look at someone like that, and you have to really, and honestly, you have to think to yourself, wait a minute, why didn't they do that with Crackpack anyway? They had a good character in Daisy to do it with, but, you know, obviously they didn't. Uh, but anyway, getting back on topic, getting back on topic, uh, again, I thought I thought the episode was good, and, you know, hopefully if they do a continuation of, not a continuation, but if they do a reboot series after this Darkwing Duck project of sets, uh, you know, is done, maybe they'll go back and revisit it. Who knows? You know, maybe they'll go back and revisit it, and I think it would be great if they did. Um, now, Mecca from the 80s mentioned something that uh, basically the original series, the original concept was it was going to be a James Bond uh, parody called Double O Duck, which is named after an episode from the original DuckTales run where Launchpad became a super agent. He became a double O agent. And the original series was supposed to, and the original concept was going to take inspiration from that. And basically, Launchpad was going to be the main star. He was going to be a secret agent. 
But when that got basically pulled, if you will, basically um, you're basically given the no go, if you will, they went with the Darkwing Duck um, idea, and the rest is history. You know, the rest is history. But yeah, they had some great episodes. Like I said, Simon K. Your case, one of my favorites. I mean, I love the fact that when they try to, uh, one of the first attempts they try to uh, restore Goslin, they basically zap her to all these little Goslins and all that. And everything, so uh, it's, it's you know it's it's it's, it's, fun, it's a fun episode. I'm all, that's all I'm gonna say on that. It's a fun episode. I like the two part justice 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 ducks, um, if you will. I love that. Uh, again, it's another one of those episodes where Darkwing in the first part lets his ego get the best of him, and the reality knock him upside the head, and he has to go you know save his friends, his allies, and. You know, I, I love the part at the beginning where he's trying to get all the glory and everybody that, you know, accidentally helps him or uh, basically, you know, well, now I would, you know, yeah, I would say accidentally have, helps him unintentionally helps him. You know, basically what they do is he gets pounded up, beaten up a lot. And he always has this saying after he gets hurt in that first part, it's like, this is the most painful moment of my life. And then some, and then I think uh, one time he even says immediately after that, when uh, the Stegosaurus, a Steggy pulls him up, he says, "Well, what was the second most painful?" And he's like, "And Darkwing's like, put out the Darkwing, put out the Darkwing." <laughs> it's like, oh, Jim Cummings. I'll, I'll give him credit. Did a lot. Did a good job there with with um, with Darkwing. And then of course Neptunia when she does what he do, does when she does what he. She does to him, and he's like, "It is the third most painful day moment of my life." You know, so it's just so funny, and you know, it's, it's a great series. And I wish they would have done more with it. Honestly, I really do. In fact, I think they did have plans to do a movie, but because of the failure of the Ducktales movie here, North America-wise, it it just didn't fly. And honestly, I think the bombing of the movie at the box office of that movie here in the States and in Canada and all that. Uh, un, unlike, you know, in the UK, the UK loved DuckTales, the movie. But because of what happened here, again, it was a no-go. And it basically, you know, shelved indefinitely, excuse me, a lot of future Disney Afternoon theatrical movie projects, you know, for a time. I mean, the original plan was you're going to do a DuckTales movie, a Rescue Rangers movie, another one or two DuckTales movie, a Darkwing Duck movie, a Tailspin movie, I think. You know, I think they were just going to, if things had gone the way they wanted them to, they were going to go in these uh, different directions uh, with, you know, know, not different directions, but, you know, they were going to go, yeah, they were going to go in these different directions, if you will, when it came to the movies. They were going to do one uh, based on Rescue Rangers. They were going to do one based on Tailspin, like I said. One based on, um, you know, uh, more Ducktales, if you will. They might have got. They might have considered doing one for Gummy Bears. Who knows? They had these plans, but because of, and as well as Darkwing, that's what I was going to say. You know, the Darkwing one, but because of the fact that you know the Ducktales Treasure of the Lost Lamp didn't do so well box office wise here in the states and internationally, not as well as they would hope, except for certain areas like the UK and other places. You know, again, as I mentioned, that shelved any potential ideas for future Disney Afternoon theatrical movies. And it wouldn't be until 1995 
1995, if you will, that we get another Disney Afternoon movie, Goofy, which was a Goofy movie based off a Goof Troop, or at least loosely based off Goof Troop, um, if you will. I mean, even Doug Walker, the nostalgia critic, says, yeah, we're talking Goof Troop the movie, if you will, when he did it, when he talked about it during his Disney Simber um, month-long review series that he does every year. You know, he says, hey, we're talking about Goof Troop the movie. So, yeah, it wouldn't be until uh, 1995 we'd get another Disney Afternoon-inspired movie with Goofy Movie. And then it would be another four years after that till we get another movie based on a series that, you know, was part of Disney for a time. And that's Doug. or called Brian Spanking New Doug with Doug's first movie. And then a couple of years later, we got Recess Schools Out, which I did see in theaters because I thought the Recess series was good. So I wanted to see the movie. And then, of course, you had Teacher's Pet. So what Disney obviously did is they just bought, you know, they just bided their time for a while. They're like, you know, okay, we're going to do one once in a while and see how people react to it. And if one was okay, did decently in the box office, they came back with another one a few years later. So, obviously, though, you know, because of the original intention with the DuckTales movie, you know, it just, you know, didn't happen. The original intention to, you know, be the first, you know, stepping stone towards, a, you know, I guess you could say, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't initially say cinematic universe. But kind of a cinematic universe, or or whatever, or a non-cinematic universe, you know, because of the flop of that movie, any potential plans for that to happen went out the window. They got shelved. But honestly, if they would have done a duck, a Darkwing Duck movie, that would have been a hit. That honestly, that would have been a hit with folks, because Darkwing Duck was a big deal. You know, he was still popular when Goof Troop came around, and people. From a ratings perspective, they loved Goof Troop, but they loved Darkwing Duck more. And you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Tad Stones, who did Darkwing Duck, who did Rescue Rangers, teased the fact, and we never got it, teased the fact at the end of one episode of bringing in the Rescue Rangers. That is a fact. You know why? Because basically, this is, I don't know, what is it, this helmet or something that they used to go to listen in on other realities or get zapped into other realities? And at the end of it, you see these human characters. You see these human characters that would show up every now and then. They kind of give off the illusion of, you know, Darkwing Duck's a show, but it's, you know, in another dimension. It was all kind of confusing at times. So you have this invention that they made. That could look into other dimensions. Well, yeah, this invention they made to look into other dimensions. And at the end, or listen in as well. And at the end, you have the assistant listening in on something coming in from another dimension. And you hear Chip's voice. You hear Monterey's Jack's voice. And then you hear all the voices going, Rescue Rangers away. And the guy's like, Rescue Rangers. Now that's a show that could sell. And to me, it's like, you're teasing a Rescue Rangers Darkwing Duck crossover? Why didn't you do it? Why didn't you do it? You did it with Bonkers in a dream state, if you will. But you did it with Bonkers. Why not Rescue Rangers? Do you imagine how... Can you imagine the viewership that episode would have got if they would have done it? A lot. And people were talking about that episode. I think that was a Saturday morning episode, too. People were talking about it. They were talking about the potential of, oh, my God, Rescue Rangers and Darkwing Duck together. 
<laughs> sign me up, take my money kind of deal. But it just, it just shows you again how popular Darkwing Duck was with the fact that they teased the idea of the Rescue Rangers crossing over just with that. Shows how popular and how confident Disney had, you know, the confidence, I should say, that Disney had in this show. But unfortunately, it never got the proper due, the proper, or the proper due, it was due. The proper send-off, it was due. The proper conclusion, it didn't, you know, anything like that. It didn't have any of that. But I thought it was good. I thought, I thought like anybody else, it was a good show. I'm glad they brought Darkwing Duck back, uh, you know, in the new DuckTales series. I like the idea that they revamped it. You know, they revamped it to the point that you get these cliffhangers for, for, for a potential Darkwing Duck series in the future. I mean, the fact that they tell the story of the original, you know, um, Darkwing Duck going mad, if you will, and being replaced and all that, and thus becoming Negaduck, if you will, as a result. And it's just unbelievable. Just unbelievable the job, the great job that they did there. I mean, because you still kept the a little bit of the egoness kind of growing in Drake, in this version of Drake. Thought that was great. Thought the, I love the fact that when Goslin was brought in, she wasn't just, you know, a rebellious teenager like she is somewhat in the original, but, you know, she's also a kind of a genius. I love that. I love that they did that. So overall, I'm, to overall, Darkwing Duck, you know, I definitely has a great legacy. And I'm glad that they brought him back for the Duck DuckTales series. I'm glad, I think it was Seth Green and Seth Rogen um, is doing something with him for Disney. And I'm glad that the potential opening up for a Darkwing Duck uh, reboot um, in the future. I really do. But yeah, 30 years, you know, I'm really happy about it. I'm happy, you know, this show still has a fan base and can't can't wait to see what we get out of, you know, out of this. See if maybe Disney talks about more of the uh, Darkwing Duck project that's going on. And this is go from there uh, with it. But anyway, though, that's pretty much. Uh, but anyway, though, that's pretty much going to wrap up today's post Labor Day edition of the Topics on My Mind live stream podcast. Thank you all for watching. I do apologize for the fumbling on my words a little bit earlier. Again, I'm still getting over the effects of this past weekend. Uh, but let me know what your thoughts are in the comments during the post live stream. Thank you all for joining me in the live stream and commenting there. Also, check out my Teespring store. You'll see the listing for merchandise down below. I think you'll enjoy seeing what is there. And until next time, guys, take care. God bless. Like the video. And I will talk to you all later. You all have a good Tuesday afternoon and the rest of the week and i might be back with more live streams but until then peace